Have you ever wondered what goes on behind the scenes of your daily commute? Or how transportation impacts the community you call home? Maybe you want to explore outside your community and don't know where to start. Well, you're in luck because this is where you hop on. I'm Brittany Hoffman. And I'm Madeline Phipps. We work in communications for Valley Metro, and together we'll discover all the ways that public transit enhances lives across the cities we serve. And we might even make some new friends along the way. Welcome to Storylines. Hey, Peter, you got a second? For you, Brittany, I have a few, yes. Okay, well, we might need more than a few. Because normally Maddie and I do this podcast together, but she's out right now with her brand new baby. So I'm going to need your help. Yeah, I can help you out with that. Well, speaking of having brand new babies and kids, why don't you tell everybody about yourself so they know what we're getting into? My name's Peter Valenzuela. I don't have brand new babies, but I do have kids. I got three little girls. They're not so little anymore. What do you do here at Valley Metro? Because Maddie and I do communications, but you have a lot more forward-thinking job. A little bit more forward-thinking, yeah. I'd say communications is pretty important, though. You're no slouch. I work in the planning department, and that mostly pertains to planning out the system that we currently have and, and making sure we're optimizing it, but also looking into the future and expanding transit out to the people who need it most. Speaking of the future, we have a transit tax that expires in 2025. And while it seems far away, it's really around the corner. So what are we going to do to make sure that we can continue funding transit in the Valley? We need to continue to invest and we need to do that so that we can continue to be a thriving community. We're going to break down why we need a Prop 400 extension and what that looks like and how that money is going to fund the future of the Valley for the next few decades. I'm Audra Kester-Thomas. I'm the Transportation Planning Program Manager at the Maricopa Association of Governments, and this is my sixth year here. Audra, we're so excited to have you here because you know everything about Prop 400. You are ingrained in it through MAG, Maricopa Association of Governments, and explain to us how MAG has a giant role in what happens in the Maricopa region. Well, thank you, Brittany. Maricopa Association of Governments, or MAG, is the designated metropolitan planning organization for the greater Phoenix region. That includes all of the cities, towns, and native nations within Maricopa County. And actually, after the 2010 census, our urbanized area expanded into what we refer to as kind of the Santan Valley to our Southeast Valley. And so our planning area also was expanded to include the city of Maricopa, down through the town of Florence, the entirety of the Gila River Indian community, and up through Apache Junction, so that northern portions of Pinal County as well. So we have the second largest geography. Uh, we're larger than the state of Maryland in terms of planning area, I believe. And our responsibilities are to manage the, the planning of transportation throughout the region and then make decisions on funding, both the use of our, our federal and state funding available, but notably an important sales tax first established by voters back in 1985 and then continued by voters in 2004. One of the first sales taxes established for purposes of transportation in the country and has now become a model for our peer regions throughout the United States as a model 
element to deliver important transportation investments, especially in growing metropolitan areas. So we're here today talking about Proposition 400, which some people may have remembered they voted on back in 2004. But can you give us a brief history of Prop 400? Absolutely. Proposition 400 is a dedicated half-cent sales tax used to fund transportation investments here in the greater Phoenix metropolitan area. It's actually the continuation of the half-cent sales tax originally established back in 1985. That initiative was called Proposition 300, really was the instrumental force in establishing our freeway network. It was intended to come back with a second half sales tax uh, for transit. That initiative unfortunately failed. And one of the reasons why Proposition 400 is multimodal in nature, delivering important freeway investments, transit investments, as well as arterial investments throughout the region. And what's MAG's role at Prop 400, Audra? MAG is the Metropolitan Planning Organization. Uh, We are a creature from and established by federal authority. Our job is to do regional multimodal planning for this region, as well as programming of funds, determining what projects receive the federal formula funds that come to this region, as well as the state revenues that are available, and of course, making important decisions about the established half-cent sales tax for transportation. And you just said it, you're making important decisions about where this funding goes to. We'll talk about that later, but tell us what we did accomplish with Prop 400. So Proposition 400, again, was the renewal of our dedicated half-cent sales tax here in Maricopa County, endorsed by voters back in 2004, as you said, Brittany, for a period of 20 years. It'll expire in 2025. A lot of really notable, important investments were included, and we've been able to deliver as part of that initiative, inclusive of the establishment of light rail, probably one of our flagship endeavors as part of Proposition 400. In addition to light rail, we'll be opening up a streetcar in Tempe, potential for it to expand into the city of Mesa and and, and places beyond. Also, we finished out the Loop 202, the South Mountain Freeway, one of those projects three, four decades in the making, the Loop 303. Again, another important freeway investment for our West Valley communities. So we've had the ability to deliver a variety of projects. A lot of these are big, billions of dollars worth. Some of them are smaller, bike ped investments, some of our arterial projects, continuing support for ADA paratransit in the region maybe not get a lot of attention, but are supported by the regional sales tax investment. How do fluctuations in the economy have a role in funding the plan? When you first started off, you know, back in 2004 with Prop 400, nobody saw what was going to happen with the housing market in 2008. So how do things like that play into funding the plan? Well, we have to respond by state statute, as well as federal regulation. Our plan has to be what we call fiscally constrained, needs to be within the budget of funding that we know we have the available revenues for. So when the Great Recession happened, we had to respond. We had to look at our major programs and defer projects out of them so that we could deliver what we could afford based on the available revenues. Right now, we're projecting that over the term of that 20 years, about a 40% shortfall. Those are real projects. Those are real 
bus service that we thought we could deliver in a 20-year horizon, but will not be able to. And in looking at our future plan and the work that we have just done over the last two years, we learned some lessons from Proposition 400. We spent extra time on our revenue projections. We took perhaps a little bit more conservative approach to our programmatic elements, ensuring that we did have or do have the ability to withstand economic cycles that go up and down over the course of a long time or a long-term horizon, in this case, looking 20, 30 years in the future. We also spent a lot of time refining cost estimates for the projects that ultimately were included in the pool of available projects for consideration. We spent a lot of time really dialing in those project estimates in reflection of Proposition 400 when we were here 20 years ago, having some idea of what projects cost, but now realizing they cost a lot more or they did cost a lot more than we originally projected. So we wanted to to spend a little extra time, uh, a few more resources in scrubbing those numbers in hopes that that approach would make us more resilient to withstand the economic fluctuations that we know will occur, especially over 20 and 30 years in the future. Our bread and butter is obviously transit. So buses, light rail, paratransit, any public transportation in the Valley, that's us. But the Prop 400 money obviously goes to a lot of things. And you just said it. You're making important decisions about where this funding goes to. So there's obviously a process that happens when people want to get their project through. So can you give us an overview of the call for projects process and how things get decided? Absolutely. We're governed by a lot of different federal regulations. We're governed by a variety of statutes. And when we put together a long-range regional transportation plan, we have to do that through a performance-based process. We use data to help us make tough decisions here in the region. And when we started our regional transportation planning process now a couple of years ago, recognizing our current half-cent sales tax would expire at the end of the year 2025, we wanted to make sure we were inclusive. Our member agencies were very interested and anxious about their own futures and requested that we started the process off with a call for projects and Our 32 member agencies, the towns, the cities, the Native nations, two counties that are inclusive of our large planning area, spent a couple of months pulling together different ideas and projects for consideration. By the end of March or April of last year, we ended up receiving over 1,300 different submissions from our member agencies inclusive of projects we weren't able to deliver as part of Proposition 400 because of the Great Recession, identified system needs that MAG and our partners like Valley Metro and ADOT had already identified. And so we had a large pool of potential projects, program ideas to consider when we started this process. So Audrey, when you have 1,300 projects to look through, I'm sure that it only takes a few minutes. How are you prioritizing these projects? So as I mentioned before, we are required to make these decisions through a performance-based evaluation process. We had a series of steps where we went from that universe of 1,300 or 1,400 different projects and ideas 
to finally get down to a more reasonable number to evaluate and consider in our scenario planning process. So we went through a series of screenings where we started looking at major performance aspects. We used goals established as part of the Regional Transportation Plan framework, identified some evaluation criteria to score from a quantitative perspective. Those projects against the top performing continue to move on in our process. The ones that weren't performing as well stay in our catalog for future consideration, but just didn't move forward. And that got us down to our scenario planning step where we were able to take at that point about 400 of the projects, the highest performing projects, and build four different futures, alternatives to consider. And we use that as a decision support tool. And our member agency, elected leadership, our mayors came together, used those four scenarios to help provide direction to ultimately get us to this final package of projects and programs. So would it be fair to say that higher performing projects that that move through the process have a more regional benefit? You know, regional significance is one of the first steps uh, we took in our performance-based evaluation process. The first step was a regional significance test. Sales tax, a regional sales tax is intended for regionally significant projects, those big things that a, a single community couldn't do on its own. The freeway system is a perfect example of that, crossing multiple jurisdictions. You can't just build two miles of a freeway in just one jurisdiction if it doesn't connect to someplace else. So our focus is always on the regionally significant work. That's both doctrine from state as well as federal statute. So our first step was to identify those regionally significant projects. But we recognize our member agencies certainly have needs within their communities. And what we did for some of those more localized projects is bundled them into potential future programs, recognizing that a single project may be very localized, but if there's enough need there, perhaps establishment of a regional program that would allow our cities to maybe every three or so years, compete for projects that are of high need, we could set aside some funding for those purposes. A really good example is our active transportation program. Those are smaller projects, maybe just a couple of miles or even shorter segments within a community. But active transportation, you know, making sure we have safe infrastructure for our pedestrians and bicyclists is a regionally significant need. And so setting aside funding for those kinds of projects is important to the region. And it allows our member agencies every couple of years or so to chase available funding to help them establish their active transportation networks, especially as it contributes to a larger regional system. Audra's going to stick with us because after the break, she's going to explain ways that we're looking to use public transportation as the momentum forward to keep our city growing and thriving. Mark your calendars. Service changes begin on Monday, October 25th. And this is the last time the transit book will be printed. Check out some additional options to get your schedule your way at valleymetro.org. A new mural is up at our Roosevelt and Central Avenue light rail station. Step on the platform to see the colorful and inspiring artwork by our fall Arsline Spotlight artist, Jerome Fleming, also known as Colorbend. Learn more about Colorbend it at valleymetro.org slash artsline. After every Storylines episode, continue your listening experience with the accompanying playlist on Spotify. Maybe the key to solving the question, how do we pay for all this, is hidden in all the money songs we've compiled. 
And now, back to storylines. All right, so Audra kind of laid it out. And I think she did a great job of explaining, you know, what is MAG and how do they function here in the Valley? You're right. Audra did a great job. But like I said, this Prop 400 money ends in 2025. So we're already looking at a Prop 400 extension. And that means more money for funding and transit in the upcoming decades. Let's start at the top. How does Prop 400 extension get funded? That's a really important question. So it is a a half-cent sales tax, you know, originally established back in 1985, extended in 2004 by voters. But we first have to seek that permission to ask our voters for a continuation through our state legislature. We're the only county in the state that has that element to be considered. All other counties have the authority to go to their voters for up to one cent of a sales tax for for transportation or other matters. Uh, We have to go to the state legislature, ask for permission to ask our, our local voters to extend a tax. We are in that, doing that work right now, preparing for enabling legislation, which we intend to introduce in the next legislative session in 2022. And when successful, will allow us to go to our voters in November 2022 to ask them to continue this important investment. So you said it before, Audrey, you said half cent sales tax. I think that word kind of gets thrown around. And I also think there's probably some misconceptions about how much of that is actually going towards projects like transit. Could you give a little more clarification of that? Certainly. So it's only one, albeit a very important funding source to help deliver these transportation investments. We have a variety of funding sources, often overlooked our federal formula funds that come to this region that are critical on transit, especially on capital investments, help do some of the lift on purchasing of buses or delivering through federal discretionary funding assistance to help get high capacity transit projects over the finish line. We also do have available gas tax revenues or funding from the Highway User Revenue Fund. Uh, No longer the majority of those funds are gas tax. The majority are are fees and permits. The gas tax is a diminishing revenue source as fuel efficiency increases year over year. In fact, we had more in, if adjusted for inflation, the state received more in Highway User Revenue Funds back in the year 2000, I think, than we did in 2019. And at the same time, our population's grown by, I think, 60% or so. That diminishing revenue source is still important, can only be used for, for our freeways and roadways. There is no statewide transit funding source. And so for transit in particular, we turn to our local communities We do have a regionally branded system, but quite frankly, for transit, the majority of operations funding comes from our local communities, the cities and towns within our network, comprising over 70% of operating funds for transit. So Audra, break this down for me. You said we have all these extra funding pieces, but out of the actual Prop 400 extension, where we're looking at a possible half cent sales tax... How much of that is actually going to transit? Like if I'm looking at a pizza and that's a whole half cent, what part of that is actually going to transit? 
Less than 50% goes to transit, less than 50% goes to freeways, and then the remaining goes to uh, a variety of our programs. I actually don't have top of mind what the percentage for our extension is for those different breakouts. For existing Proposition 400 investments, 33.3% went to transit, 56% went to our freeway system, and the composition are remaining 10.5% or so to our arterial and other programs. So really, when we say half-cent sales tax, it sounds great, but all of that's not going to transit. Oh, heavens no. What are our other options? Yeah, that's a really great question. I, we often focus just on the sales tax component of funding available. But when we put together this plan and we go to voters, we assume all available funding sources to the region. So that's why I always take the opportunity to remind audiences of the important federal funding available to the region. For transit in particular, a lift from our local communities who in many cases have established their own local sales taxes to further support transit operations in particular. Not uncommon here in this region, Pretty rare relative to other regions. In most cases, other regions do have a, a much larger regional funding source. It's not uncommon to see multiple half-cent sales taxes stacked on each other and far exceeding what this region has established and what that does is it relieves some of the local pressure to come up with funding, but of course, focused on a regional system itself. So for this entire program, the extension of Proposition 400, that enabling of a sales tax extension is critically important. If we did not extend the sales tax, we would only be left with the federal formula funds, the diminishing state revenue available to the region. And that would not be enough to maintain the system that we have, let alone do much in the way of expansion. So it, it is a critically important funding source available to the region that we will need. And we have heard lots of support for its continuation. I think it's important to really understand the difference between what the Prop 400 was initially and what we're doing now. This is not a new thing, right? Not at all. Yeah. So we're extending what we've already had before. You know, it's not like we're asking for a new amount of money. We're just asking for the same amount of money continually. So Audra, it sounds like we have a lot of great opportunity plan for the future if everything goes according to plan. So what exactly is the next step for Prop 400E should everything go the way you want it to? So right now we are finishing the actual formal plan itself, the, the pretty document, if you will, that goes along with the decisions our elected officials made. We do have to go through a federal air quality conformity process. We are in a non-attainment area for air quality, and so we need to make sure the plan that we have put together, it keeps us on target with our, our federal air quality targets. And that means the projects are locked in. We can't make any changes as part of that process. We are concurrently working on enabling legislation. It is the important next step. We have to get successfully through the legislature, the opportunity for this county to go back to our voters for a request to continue this important investment. We expect to be successful out of the legislature next spring in 
2022 to enable us to have Maricopa County place this on the ballot in November of 2022. You'll recall our current sales tax doesn't expire until the end of 2025, but having and going to the voters in 2022 is important for a couple of reasons. For transit in particular, we want to know that there's an assurance of long-term funding to continue important bus operations that don't just turn on and off overnight. And so that availability and assurance of future funds allows for that. It also allows us to bond against some of that future revenue so we can advance some of the long projects that take environmental work and design and engineering over years or decades to mature. Expecting that will be successful also at the ballot in November 2022. With the prop extension, that means we're still going to be able to do cool new things. But obviously, I have a ton of ideas where we could improve in transit and use that money. What about you? Yeah, I have tons of great ideas. Most of them go directly to the front door of my house. So those are probably not what Audra's looking for. But I got some good ideas. Peter, these are regional projects. Obviously, everybody wants transit directly to their front door. No, that's a good point, Brittany. I think people think that tr- the perfect transit system is the one that goes to their front door. But we are not individuals. We live in part of a society, and we're trying to benefit as most people as we can. So we need to be regionally thinking. And that's why MAG is so helpful, I think, because they can really break it down and pick out those projects that are helpful, obviously, within a certain city, but then are also helpful regionally. And this is really something I run into in planning all the time. There are always going to be winners and losers. As planners and people who work in government overall, typically what you're trying to do, your aim is to have as many winners with as few amount of losers. And that's a really hard job. You know, my hat's off to Audra and Mag and everybody over there because that's a hard thing to to make those decisions, but somebody needs to do it. Audra, let's say I'm your average person here in the Valley, right? And you're saying the future is uncertain and I think we all can relate to that. And people are working from home and we don't know what's going to happen in the future. Why does this matter? Why does Prop 400 matter to me? Why is this important? Why it's important is because we still need to move people and goods throughout this region. We need to continue important investments that allow our most vulnerable in our communities to get to the jobs or access educational opportunities. We need to continue to be safe and improve safety for all of us, whether we're traveling on a road or a bicyclist or a pedestrian throughout our community. At the end of the day, transportation enables quality of life. And I think we're really proud of the kind of quality of life we have here in this region. The investments we have made since 1985 improve that quality of life, and we want to sustain it into the future. Extension of our sales tax helps to do that by providing this important revenue source that ultimately allows us to continue this good work, continue to build investments in our transit network, continue to expand either the reach or the frequency of transit, and continuing to invest in active transportation or safety or technology, those things that perhaps folks don't always see on their daily commutes, but enable the operations and the movement, safe movement of people throughout the region. Right now, we have money in place until 2025. 
But what happens if we don't have money after 2025? What does the transit system look like, do you think, Peter? That's a frightening thought. I think Audra can speak a little bit more to that. The sales tax revenues are instrumental in delivering important projects, whether it's transit, whether it's freeway, whether it's arterial, active transportation, safety, ITS, I can go on. The sales tax is fundamental and the real reason I I believe that the Phoenix metropolitan area isn't only prosperous for us who live here, but really is the economic engine for the state of Arizona. Without this continued investment, which compared to other regions is pretty modest in terms of a transportation investment, without it, we are going to be left with only the federal funding available. And like I said, our focus will then be on ensuring the existing infrastructure is safe. We will not be able to expand considerably the infrastructure we've already built, and that will lead to poor quality of life congestion and the inability for people to move from here to there. That includes our bus system. That includes freeway investments. So it is a important investment. Can you imagine if people already think like we are not at the top of our game and then we lose funding? Eek. I don't even want to think about that, Peter. No, I mean, it's not like populations are getting smaller here in the Valley. We're a very popular place to move to we've had a huge influx of people even within the last year and you got to move those people around you got to get them moving how do you do that when you have aging infrastructure and less money it's kind of a nightmare scenario peter but we don't want to be nightmarish here we want to think about the positive we want to think about the future audra you and mag have been working so diligently and so hard to plan for the future where can people get information I'm so glad you asked. Ourmomentumplan.com is a website we've built. We've used it to take feedback, to inform folks of where we are at in the process, to also tell the story that, Brittany, you've done a good job at at helping us tell today, which is the legacy, really, of over almost now 40 years worth of really good transportation planning and investment in this region. It's important to tell that story. We don't want to take it for granted. So we invite everyone to go to ourmomentumplan.com. Follow us on social media as well. I'm overwhelmed by the engagement that we have on our social media platforms. Facebook, Twitter, of course, Insta as well. The reality is, is a Hassent sales tax combined with our federal and state resources isn't enough. We know that, but it's critically important. And so our elected officials have made some really tough choices over the course of the last several months. But we're unified on a plan for our future. We're really excited about it and have a lot of confidence in the future as we head towards enabling legislation and a request to extend this important sales tax for another 25 years. Thank you, Audra. We are looking forward to everything coming in 2022, and hopefully you'll see Prop 400 extension on your ballot. Peter, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Obviously, we know Maddie's going to be out for a little bit. So what do you say you do the next couple episodes with me? I guess, Brittany, you know, if you really need somebody, I've seen you talking to yourself a lot, though. So I really don't know if you need me that much. But if it makes you feel better, you can bounce your ideas off me for the next couple of weeks. Thanks, Peter. You're right. I could probably talk to a wall, but another person is better. 
So if you want to hear previous episodes of Storylines, you can visit valleymetro.org slash storylines. You can learn more about the podcast and hear all of our past episodes. Peter, is there anything you want to talk about on future podcasts? Sure. I have some things I'd like to talk about. Why don't we have more stuff that goes inside, like meat on a stick? There aren't enough foods on a stick. There's corn dogs, but then they really haven't really made anything else after that. We could talk about music nowadays. My goodness. Music nowadays, not very good. Peter, Um, these are all great topics, but we're going to stick to transit. So if you have any ideas that you want to hear about on our podcast, let us know. Email us at podcast at valleymetro.org. We want to hear from you. We want to know the stories that are out there on our transit system, and we want to be able to tell them. Yeah, I guess those are great, too. We could definitely talk about transit on this transit podcast. But you let me know. If I see that twinkle in your eye, we can switch topics real fast. But I definitely love talking about transit, so I can help you out there. For Valley Metro, I'm Brittany. And I'm Peter. Thanks for riding with us. We'll meet you at the next stop. Uh-huh.